can you name any things that you think Michael Bublé would not lend his name to? Hmm. Or, or what, what will the man not do um, for a paycheck? I, so I enjoy his music. I can't say that I'm, you know, an, an avid follower. So I, I, before you mentioned that to me uh, earlier today, I, I wasn't aware that he was the type who just sort of, you know, will put his name on anything. Well, I'm not saying he's going to put his name on everything, but he has a, a line of branded or he has, he has a, an annual tradition of uh, Christmas music specials on NBC. I, I just, I guess I'm confounded, like, because again, this is going to probably be a, a fairly music heavy um episode uh what with the launch of uh the global radio station beats one <laughs> um Jeez. but uh, yeah we, we got to talking about michael buble and he's um you you seem to have a a strong attachment to his music or you or you enjoy it more than um uh how do i make this not sound you you and uh it is not common for somebody in your demographic <laughs> to be that terribly um uh enthralled with uh michael buble it's uh believe it or not that's the it's not the first time I've heard that. He has a very specific demo um of which a a 27-year-old guy probably uh doesn't fit. I mean, you know, I'm am a very a very confident man, Carlos. I I, I wasn't suggesting otherwise. I'm just saying <laughs> I would expect you to be more of an Adam Levine type, not a Michael Bublé type. Oh. Well, I, no, actually I I do enjoy Maroon 5. Um yeah, and you can listen to all their all their tracks on uh, Apple Music. Yeah, indeed, is, and, is and, that... you, and you can sleep soundly knowing that uh, Adam Levine's getting paid. Is that is that you trying to pivot this bizarre opening into uh, an actual topic? No, no, I want you to defend your Michael Bublé <laughs> first. Oh man, I mean, I, I think I think we should just get right into this. I, I think that was a, a crafty way. That was that was Joe Biden esque. Of dodging the, the direct question. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to answer that. Okay, all right. So uh, I guess yeah, the the big story this week. So we're recording uh, July 1st. Can you believe it's July? Um, uh, yesterday, June 30th, was the launch of Apple Music. So we we got iOS 8.4, 8 a.m. Pacific time yesterday, um, and then we got iTunes 12.2 uh, yesterday afternoon, and both brought. Apple Music to uh, iOS and OS X, or of course OS X, as you say, respectively. Um, and yeah, I mean, there, there's, I don't know. I, I feel like my initial impressions, granted, it's I haven't used it a ton, but my initial impressions sort of match what we saw during the presentation, where there's just kind of a lot of different stuff. Like, you know, just there's lots of different ways to listen to music within the app. And, you know, in general, like especially had I not seen the presentation, like if I if I was somebody who just, you know, downloaded this iOS update and saw there was a new music app without any sort of background or context, I feel like it would be a very sort of daunting app to kind of figure out and navigate. Is that is do you think that's is that is that a fair kind of initial impression? Um, a little bit. I I don't think I'm gonna have too much to offer with this, just because I don't feel it's uh, fair to give an evaluation of it yet, just because it's only been a day and I haven't used it a heck of a lot. But I do think um, the iOS app and just kind of the music service in general is pretty busy. I think uh, some people would spin it as uh, feature rich, 
but I think it's um, there's definitely a lot going on there. You have that whole connect tab that I wish you could uh, remove and ignore because I don't really um, ever think I'm going to use that. But um, did you ever use uh, Beats Music when that was a service? I, I tried a one month free trial of it, but that was that was it. So I mean, it's it's extremely similar to that. I mean, especially like from the onboarding screen and beyond, like the same way you select artists that you like and the type of curated playlist that you get, it's almost identical. Um, it's just that that connect piece is there and it's slightly more like amplified. But um, yeah, I mean, a couple of the like portions of what it is, like the for you section and um, I think it's called new. It's just all that seems like a lot of different ways to get at the same stuff. And it seems just like a very um, just busy product. And also there's that, there's that big radio tab when I thought Apple said that um, like algorithmic radio isn't radio and it should it should be abolished because it's not a global on-demand radio station. Yeah, I mean, so the, the, the radio tab is sort of where I want to start um, because I, I think you bring up a good point where Apple made a, you know, a big emphasis in the presentation on the fact that you know this is music for you it, it's it's crafted by human beings it's not just a computer somewhere spitting out random playlists at you um, and, 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 and you know that leads to a very you know customizable personal experience whereas you know that whole radio tab I mean yeah there are these kind of like stock kind of genre stations but then you know there's there's beats one which is their 24-7 worldwide streaming radio service, which it just in every way possible seems like the absolute antithesis towards the rest of the service. And it just, it, I, I just, I just don't know how to reconcile the existence of something like Beats 1 with the message that Apple was trying to convey with, you know, Apple Music as a service. So again, I, I was never a big radio listener, and I guess I, I guess maybe the United States isn't the right country for this, but I, I can understand people who have more of an attachment to um, like radio personalities and more of like a shared like communal music experience. So I mean, I, I get the whole purpose of it, but I guess the way that they're selling that idea sounds weird because it lives alongside like an on-demand music library that has millions of songs in it. As well as a somewhat or a pretty mediocre like Pandora replacement. So I, I guess there's a, like a lot of competing messages inside the application and the service itself. Like I, I think like Beats One actually could be a cool product, and I think um, like there's definitely some like there could be programming that I would tune into, and I do. Like, do you ever like you ever go on Twitter, like, or you're watching like an award show, or you're watching something where, or like a sports event where everybody's watching at the same time? Yes. Like, isn't that somewhat appealing to you, where you know that like this is not time shifted, and you know that it's kind of just like a shared experience? Uh, it, it is, but with the exam with the TV example you're using, I'm tuning into something that appeals to me. Like, I I'm able to choose between you know various stations or various things that are going on on tv and i'm able to tune into what i want and then i'm able to follow people on twitter who also follow that interest whereas with something like beats one what's on there is what's on there but you don't ever think that there would be like our like programming blocks or something that you would want to listen to and people of a like mind would want to listen to like i'm not saying you're this is going to be the thing that you're listening to eight hours a day 
but you don't think there's some type of content that you and people who have a similar taste as you would want to listen to, and that would be kind of cool at the same time? I mean, it's, it's possible. I, From what I've seen so far, there hasn't been anything that's appealed to me that way, but yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible. So, I mean, again, I, I don't want to knock the whole idea off the bat. I know you've been really sour on, on the idea of Beats 1, but I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. But I, I just think the mixed message of, of uh, like human curated, like a single radio station versus uh, like computer algorithmically uh, programmed, like on demand stations it is just a weird mixed message. That, I guess it's my complaint. But I think you have been particularly just anti beats. Well, I, I mean, yeah. So there, there's been the, the point of it, of beats one being kind of counter to what the rest of Apple Music apparently stands for. But even putting that aside, I just the concept of having a single station which is broadcast globally in one language, having that's just the internet. But but the idea of that appealing to everyone it just seems just seems completely crazy. And I what I texted you earlier this morning, I really believe, which is. You know, obviously, there's not an explicit way to prove this, but had this been Google who announced this, or really any other company besides Apple, had they had they gotten on stage and said, "Hey, we're launching a 24/7 live worldwide radio network," I mean, the the the, the Apple people out there would have just laughed them off the stage, like that. You know, people would be saying it's 2015, not you know 1995, like. It, it's it just it I don't know it, it it really does feel like one of those things that you know the the people who want Apple to succeed will just sort of even if they kind of know that this is kind of a, a dumb idea they'll they'll go along with it and I you know I, I consider myself a big Apple fan I mean I shoot I'm sitting in front of a cinema display with an iPad on my desk a iPhone an arm length away. I'm wearing my Apple Watch. Like, I mean, you know, I've I've got all the Apple stuff, but I just feel like this is one of those things where we're only excited about it because it's Apple, not because the idea itself is good. I think your issue I, I think people are willing to give Apple the benefit of the doubt or entertain what might be a far fetched idea because of a track record and a commitment to like a product category. Like I think people can objectively say that Apple is a company that cares about music or tries to make innovative products around music, particularly because they created the iPod, the first mass market popular digital music player. Whereas if Google did it, like Google Play and Google Music uh, and Google Music All Access or whatever the hell they call their Spotify knockoff, like that isn't like objectively, you could say that that is not their main focus or even like a priority for them. Would you agree? Sure. Where I think with Apple, you can pretty soundly say that Apple Music is not, like it won't be a significant contributor to the bottom line, but you would say that it's a product that they would put a decent amount of effort into and is a product they genuinely care about. Right? Sure. So I think with that, that buys them a lot of goodwill for what might be a, a, a it could be a com- complete failure, but is is kind of like a novel idea. <sighs> See, I guess that, I guess that's where I I don't agree. I I don't think it's a novel idea. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I just I 
I mean, you know, and I, I say this as someone who I actually think the rest of the service from what I've used so far is really good. Like the, the on-demand piece of it so far has worked great. I've used it on my iPhone. I've used it on my MacBook Pro. I mean, it, it's it's basically just a much more user-friendly version of Spotify, which, you know, like I've said many times on the show, I, I really enjoy sometimes having the ability just to play a specific album or a specific song, which is what, you know, on-demand services are great for. But I've never really been a fan of Spotify's, you know, iOS app or their OS ten app. And, you know, this seems like a, a great replacement for that. So I, I'm 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 into the on demand piece. I just I just don't get the the beats one part of it. Okay. Well again, I think that's gonna take a bit of time for people to kind of feel out and see if that's gonna be a thing that they'll tune into after like the the launch week um and i guess for me i, I don't know I, I i don't feel confident in giving um like a cut and dry response on what i think of it so far but i guess like uh what's the phrase i think my hot take uh for it would be just that it it seems like a great spotify competitor but i think on the desktop the application is way worse than spotify because itunes is just becoming this colossal mess like mess of like slapdash hobbled together features like it, it makes app the music tab in itunes makes absolutely no sense and functionally sure it kind of works but my very first encounter with it trying to stream a song said i didn't have the appropriate rights to play the song i wanted to play so i, I think the desktop experience is rather poor i think the music application on ios I just haven't spent enough time with it, but it it just seems really busy and a little bit tougher to navigate. Uh, so I don't know. I need to spend more time with it to to give a a real real review of it. Well, fair fair enough. You you don't have those issues with iTunes. You don't think it's a, a gigantic mess. Do, do you genuinely know the differences between going to the music tab and going to my music or playlists? What what is the difference? I, I was going to say that the iOS app actually suffers from something similar where there appears to be sort of this this concept of, you know, hey, here's what's in Apple Music, which is basically here's everything that's in the cloud available to stream on demand for you. And then there's the concept of my music, which from what I can tell is sort of, you know, the stuff that you've ripped from cds or obtained from other sources like locally on on your any of your devices which then get you know synced up to icloud and then distributed to your other apple devices and also anything which you've added to my music from apple music which you can then also do things like you know download local copies of and things like that so again Um, i mean that that's great but uh, just on the desktop, it, it's just such a huge mess. I don't. I don't think. But what I'm saying, I don't think that's specific to the desktop. I think the iOS app's the same way. Well, I mean, I, I think, think I think on the are... iOS app, it's it's not it's it's how it should be, and I think that is one of the key benefits I find immediately over Spotify is that I'm able to, like, like my workout mix or like the, what like what I like to run to is is in, is a playlist inside of uh, the music application. I don't do that inside Spotify, but if there's a new song that I want to listen to and add to that. It's extremely easy to do that, and it's it seems easy to add streaming-based content to the local music that I've already paid for or that I've ripped from CDs in a very, very simple way. 
So that seems great. I guess my my big issue is just that iTunes as an application is is just I don't understand what's going on half the time. And for me, it's been fairly unreliable. I mean, I, I guess until until the last couple of days, I've never really used iTunes other than for <laughs> converting our show to MP3 and putting in the album art. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't have any music really saved locally on my computer. Um, so when I'm when I'm listening to music on my computer, it's previously been either Pandora or um, Spotify. But then the last couple of days, I've been using you know iTunes with Apple Music and. You know, the only thing I've done is is search for specific albums and then you know stream them, and and that that part's been fine. Um, I, I that that hasn't been unintuitive or anything. Hmm. Well, again, I don't have enough, um, not enough use time to uh, really say yeah uh, for or against. I, I, I guess the the final thing I'll, I'll say about Apple Music is it 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 seems like a very on Apple like product just in the sense that normally what we really enjoy Apple products for is their focus you know like when a when a new device comes out it, it it's generally very focused and it knows what it wants to do and it does it well whereas Apple Music seems like something which is kind of trying to do everything and and they they phrased it sort of that way during the presentation where they said you know hey one of the problems with music today is that if you want to listen to internet radio, you got to go over here. And if you want to do on demand, you got to go over there. And then if you want to watch the music video, you have to go to this other source. And we're going to bring this service where we're combining all those things into one place. Um, and that, you know, it's it's almost, it, to me, it's almost like the like Windows Everywhere approach that Microsoft takes, where it's like they're trying to do everything you know they're trying to have one os that fits all different kinds of devices and and what you're left with is a product that kind of just doesn't do anything all that well i i, I will respectfully say that, that i think it's a really poor analogy i i think what apple's trying to do is something that is is kind of novel is they want to kind of just bridge the gap between what used to be your own music the itunes store your streaming music service searching for videos on YouTube or Vivo or whatever whatever kids use. I, I think they're trying to make one cohesive music experience. And it just happens to be on a platform where, at least for now, people aren't used to applications that are quite that complex. And they perhaps haven't fleshed out the idea enough to make it a logical like organizational structure. I think that's very different from Microsoft trying to use the word a windows which everybody knows and has like some like cachet to it sort of vaguely and use it to explain a tablet a desktop legacy experience and also a mobile phone i think that's i think that's very different well okay then sorry no it's fine we don't we don't always have to agree you know some of some of our best stuff is when we when we don't agree yeah we shall see. Maybe I'll give I'll give, I'll give Beats one more of a listen. Uh, every every the like the three times I've tuned in, it's always Eminem on it, and I don't know why. Yeah, I I've tuned in once, and it was some like rap song that I didn't like, and just turned it off. Gotcha. <laughs> when when it's the Blue Play Hour, you'll be fine. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, like like I said, to end on a positive note, I I really do like the on demand part of it, and I 
I'm there's no doubt already that you know even when my three month free trials up I'm I'll pay the ten bucks a month and I've I've already canceled my Spotify subscription and I you know I th- this is what this is what I'm going to use for on demand music no doubt you're going to use it to listen to no doubt yes very nice mm-hmm. all right Th- throwback throwback Wednesday as you say I I, I thoroughly enjoyed them in in. Uh... Was it late elementary school or middle school? When were they popular? I don't Gosh, know. I don't, I don't know. They had some good songs. Sure. All right. On. Uh, let's. Um, hmm. Where, where do you, where do you, where do you want to take a break for this? Do you want to go to? Um, do you want to transition to uh, the iPhone turning eight, or do you want to um, talk about a hot dog pizza? I I was I I wanted to start the show with the hot dog pizza, so. I, I would I would very much enjoy talking about that. Speaking speaking of uh, hot takes, as, as you earlier referenced, is that is that a thing people really say, or is that just like a Twitter joke? It's well, it, it's it's things that people ironically refer to, and what you like hear from some afternoon show on ESPN. Okay. Yeah, I, I never watch ESPN in the afternoon because I can't take those uh, around the horn stuff. And... That, that's that, that's that's kind of what I'm referencing. That's uh, the worst. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so pizza, uh, Pizza Hut um, created. <laughs> uh, it's just it's making me. So can it? Can I? Can I actually just kind of set this up? I mean, I don't. You know, it's your story, but I'd, I'd like to kind of set it up. No, no, go for it. I can't even. Sp- think about it right now it's too many emotions so we you know we we've referenced this um this hot dog pizza that pizza hut just came out with um a couple times on the show a friend of the show darth you know that had some really good tweets about it I, i i wish he or she really was a friend of the show anyway um and yeah so i get this text message from you this was on i think sunday evening right uh saturday i believe or saturday it was saturday right um and it's just a it's just it's just a picture of of this hot dog pizza and it's you know it's clearly not a you know not a, not a stock photo from a website somewhere like it it appears to be a photo that you've taken and so you know i my immediate question is like oh, oh my god is this did you actually did you actually buy this and and you and you did and so that's that's what i want to i want to hear about now Sure. So, um, we had meant, we had talked about it on the show and I had mentioned it to, uh, to the lady friend and she had decided, um, why the heck not? <laughs> and just for, uh, just for fun. And, and it was, uh, it was, it was, a it was a life altering experience, except it wasn't, it, it was fine. I mean, I, I'm sure you've had pizza many times in your life. It isn't, uh, notable or remarkable. It's not terribly good or tasty, but um, I mean, it was something you have to try. It wasn't. It wasn't inedible. And <laughs> do they? Is that a, is that on the box? Is that a is that a quote they have? Well, the, the box said uh, to uh, live in the flavor of now and to share on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. <clears throat> was there was there an official hashtag? I, I think there probably was, because <laughs> because you know it's it's uh, it's it's 2014 or something. Join join the conversation. Yeah. Anyway, so it it, it was fine. I. I it, it was some. I'm. I'm glad we tried it. I think it was cool. I think I will um, probably try to. So I consider myself a pretty decent homemade pizza maker. I think I will try to uh, take inspiration from this and try to make something cool uh, on my own. But I don't think I would recommend everybody else go buy this. 
I, I just I I have so many questions about this. I don't like I just, I don't even really know where to start. So we got the pretzel edition. Okay. We we didn't get just the uh, regular like uh, pigs in a blanket or whatever. Type of... <laughs> sure. Anyway, and it, and it was fine. Is there? Do do you pay extra for that? I I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't responsible for this. I wasn't the uh, pr- procurer. <laughs> oh, I I see. I see. You you couldn't you couldn't yourself be associated with this. No, it just I I honestly was going to do it myself, but it, it was just it was a complete surprise. You know, there's actually a little bit of a tangent, but somewhat related to the topic and the show. There's a um, I'm doubting an, it. But... <laughs> no, there there's an Xbox app where you can you can order Pizza Hut from your Xbox. Is that how far Microsoft's fallen? Is that what they have to do to compete with Sony? <laughs> yeah, I think I think Pizza Hut is basically subsidizing the cost of uh, the Xbox One. Probably. Um, no, so okay, so gosh, so so many questions about this. So okay, so so my first question is, so the, the process of eating the, the the pizza. I mean, are, are you are you eating it like a regular pizza where you know you're you're in, you're eating the pizza and then at the end there's the crust and you eat the crust, or are you instead sort of you know pulling off these these hot dog <laughs> these hot dog things and eating those first and then the pizza? Or are you maybe like alternating between the two? I mean, what what, what is the what is the method of eating this, so the, this there, thing? There are different approaches, of course. Um, I took the the logical one. Uh, the lady took a different one. Um, <laughs> the the sorry the, the illogical approach. You, uh, you, you didn't you didn't phrase that very well. No, no. I, I think there's only does one. she does she listen? God no. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, I'm sorry. Oh, to to, to uh, tangent again. Does he really listen to this? No, of course, of course not. she doesn't. She's a respectable human being. Uh, um, so I think the the only sensible way to have eaten it would have been to um, uh, detach the uh, little miniature hot dog bites from from the, from the pizza first and, and consume those, or perhaps maybe save one for uh, afterward. <laughs> oh, sure. You're you're after you're after pizza hot dog. <laughs> yes. That's not going to be a show title. I'm sorry. Title. I'm, I'm, nope. Nope. <laughs> doing it. Um, and oh well, you don't. You don't. You don't actually don't have a vote in that process. I, I'll guess your password. Um, <laughs> no, you won't, because I have one password. Uh, I'll guess your master password. <laughs> um, what's that saying? No. So, and then there there is no crust because that is that was the crust. So you just end up with a with a pretty um, bland <laughs> bland tasting uh, uh, slice of pizza, and you just eat it that way. So no. So it, it comes. Uh, Miniature hot dogs first, and then. So what did what did the lady friend do? The opposite: just eat like a piece of pizza first, and then right do the others, and use the miniature hot dogs as a crust. Anyway, I think that's I think that's enough of this. No, no, no. So my so my next question. Um, so I my understanding, you know, we've talked about this, I think, too, when we've when we refer to the pizza, it it comes with I I think little packets or tubs or something of mustard. Is that right? It does, yes. So, so were were these uh, were, were were these utilized? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> okay. So you're so the idea of um, dipping a part of your pizza in mustard that well, that, no, that you wouldn't. That didn't bother you at all. I, again, this this, this uh, we got we got to end this conversation. <laughs> but no, I mean, again, you would detach the like you've never had mustard on a hot dog. Well, no, of, of course like, I have. Di- who's but, dipping but... the actual pizza in mustard? No, nobody. Well, but I mean, really, the the hot dogs are a part of the pizza. But they're not. It's a, again, they're not. I mean, it's literally called the I think, hot dog bites pizza, right? 
exactly but it's a different experience <laughs> again you you have to you have to separate the connect part of apple music from the pizza wow brought it all together should should just we should just end the show right there <laughs> <laughs> no we have, we have to talk about your new extravagant car yeah sure so anyway it, it was it was a fine thing to try and and I, I i think i'm a better person for it well that's hmm I should. I I, I want to pull up the the text message response that I got from you. The, this this take is not not really what I was expecting because is, the, is this now a stale take? Uh, well, so no. So the so I'm I'm looking at the picture you sent, and then so your response was we each ate two slices and then took a walk around the block to reconsider what we're doing with our lives. That that is completely true. That we 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 went and thought. We we should go outside and take a walk. It was it was a it was a nice it was a nice evening. Okay, so actually, so maybe I just misinterpreted that text message then. No, we we did have to reconsider things. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, just it's it's fine. This is this is long enough on what was a a, a fun uh, a fun weekend meal. Well, you, you know, you you only live once, as you're you know famous for saying. But again, I do really think I want to try to make my own and and do something uh kind of nifty with that. Maybe do a high class type thing. Hmm. I mean, I I don't entirely disagree with that or think that's off putting, but I, just the the concept of having hot dogs anywhere kind of near my pizza just seems strange. That's a that's an odd combination. But again, we can switch it up. We can do uh, sausages. Like there's there's got to be something cool. I mean, just like some type of ridiculous type of thing. See, what I am a fan of, which is sort of similar, but not really i guess the the stuffed crust pizza which is just you know stuffed crust with cheese cheese is the is the stuffing that that i really enjoy and that makes sense to me yeah again we'll we'll see where it goes i'll give it a try no it'll definitely be on instagram are you are you on instagram we have to go back to that i was thinking about that the other uh the other day that that for some reason for somebody who is is very technological and enjoys this type of stuff who like actively refuses to use Instagram when I know almost nobody who doesn't use Instagram. I, I it's not um it's not that I actively choose to not use Instagram. I just um I guess you know, I don't really use Facebook either anymore. I, I every once in a while I'll log on just to you know see what's going on and I use it for messaging, you know, f- actually fairly frequently. But I don't know. I just I don't really I don't really engage in that kind of social media stuff. Hmm. Guys, I gotta sound really old. You do, but like, uh, but but yet you use Twitter and that kind of stuff. Well, but well, it depends on how you define use. I mean, I I follow many people on Twitter, but I, I don't. But you spend it, you usually... spend a decent amount of your time in your day, like reading, right? I do absolutely. So hold on, let me let me send you a couple links. Okay. So. Uh, oh, friend of the show, John Gruber. Who else is good? Oh, um, I like his. Um, I like his. Did they call this the avatar? Yeah, I like that. Or a profile picture, or whatever. But again, like I, you can use Instagram as like you would Twitter in the sense that you can mainly just like view other people. You don't have to be like a super active sharer to derive benefit from it. Hmm. And is it uh, is is Instagram is this is it known that you're using a phone camera or can you can you use anything it is meant to be used as a phone camera i will uh, occasionally cheat 
Um, hold on, where, where's mine? Let me go like this on. second one that you sent me, Life with uh, Leroy. Oh, he's the cutest dog on the, on the planet. The, these photos seem not taken with like an iPhone. They are generally with uh, with an iPhone. Most of mine um, are, are 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 phone only. But sometimes I'll be a cheater and use the the Wi-Fi transfer on my. Uh... Oh, we, oh, that's another one. That's why this is a big week. We still have to talk about your camera too, allegedly. But again, it's mostly phone only, and then sometimes I'll cheat and use a uh, uh, use a Sony. Sure. But again, yeah, Instagram is fun. I, I don't I don't see why not. This um this this photo of your car, we should we should come back to that. Which one? Oh, the Android Auto one? Yeah. Uh good times. So again In- Instagram. Maybe maybe I should check this out. Maybe this is something uh popular. I think you tried once, but I just I just don't see why you wouldn't. We took we took a couple pictures when we were at that um Engadget festival thing. And that was like the first picture I ever put on Instagram. And I think it actually might be the last one I ever put on Instagram. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're a gosh darn quitter. I just, yeah, I just not, I'm just not, I, I myself don't engage in the, in the social media stuff. I follow it. But again, so why wouldn't you follow this? Well, maybe that's, maybe I, maybe I should try to, you know, use Instagram in that way. It's kind of like I do like Twitter or to a lesser extent, Facebook. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yikes, time flies. All right, anyway, <laughs> hot, do- hot dog pizza. Yeah, um, yeah back, let's, let's get this show back on track. Back, back to its roots. Uh-huh. Anyway, it was, a fun, it was a fun thing. And it just, I don't know, food, foods, it, it, and I, I should say uh, for context, um, it, it, during that same week, we, we ate at two uh, very nice restaurants. So we just had to... Well, no, you know, I mean, you, you, know you don't have to uh, justify this, you know, with me at all, because I, I actually... One of the things that I really enjoy are, you know, or is weird food and, and like weird beverages too. I, I think I think both are really fun sometimes. And, and, and no, sorry, not to interrupt, but I do have to like say that I have standards, which is that I I am intrigued very frequently by the ridiculous and seemingly inedible stuff that Taco Bell comes out with, <laughs> which I think you will were will very frequently uh, try out. <laughs> well, oh uh, well. By very frequently, maybe three to four times a year, like like this this biscuit taco thing, and also whatever the like the AM Crunchwrap thing. Oh, the a- the AM Crunchwrap is very good. the The biscuit taco is okay. See, those are two things that I r- kind of have a passing interest in trying, but cannot bring myself to actually go into a Taco Bell. Whereas I think the you know, the probably the hot dog pizza is the most adventurous thing I would do. Yeah, that that part's tough, but I mean that's kind of what the drive through is for. And with that, which new fancy car will you be taking to your local? Wow, you are you are on fire with the with the uh, transitions yeah. this evening. Is your local Taco Bell a Taco Bell KFC hybrid? Well, I think they all are in San Francisco. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, Yum There's one by my office in in Oakland, uh, which is just a standalone Taco Bell. Oh, very nice. That's it's an it's an experience store. <laughs> it's a destina- It's a destination store. They're actually building a that, that this was just an SF gate a couple weeks ago. They're they're building a concept Taco Bell somewhere downtown, uh, which is going to serve alcohol. They they just opened one in Chicago and they're opening one here in San Francisco. Ugh. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a great idea. I hope they put it next to one of those like hipster grilled cheese places. <laughs> like what's it called? The Melt. Uh, that's one of them. Yeah. That's, oh, that, they're, that's, they're that's they're the multiple? former. That's the former flip camera guy. 
Oh, I remember he was, it was like venture backed, and there was all, all right. well, he yeah he 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 got all the the Cisco money, and then they kind of killed Flip Video, so he just had all this you know. You mean you mean phones killed Flip Video? Sure. Anyway, um, so, l- can we go back to the world's greatest transition? Let's talk about your car. Oh sure, yeah yeah yeah. Um, yeah, so I I, I purchased a, a new vehicle. So so no longer on the show will I be complaining about my well now former former uh, Ford Fiesta. Uh, so yeah, so I'm I'm now the the proud owner, and it, feel, it feels good to be proud of a car again. Um, the proud owner of a 2015 Ford Edge. So again, oh, we have to we have to go back and uh, mention that you were very very strongly considering, or or um, you were super excited about the 2016 Ford Escape, which is a previous car that you owned. And you were very excited about it for technological reasons, rather than actually kind of being in love with the car. Yeah, so I so I owned a Ford Escape. Um, I say I bought that car like around 2008, um, and and had it for you know a number of years, and and really enjoyed it. Really liked that car. And then shortly after I sold mine, they um, you know they completely kind of redid the look of it, and I. I've never really been crazy about the style of of the current Escape. It's fine, but I've never really been like in love with it. Um, but you know, for the last year or so, I, I guess since January, technically, the the thing that I've really been interested in is, is Sync Three. Um, and and you know, it, it, as we've discussed on the show, you know, the, the Ford Escape was going to be the first vehicle where Ford was going to make Sync Three available. And so, you know, I, I really was kind of set on getting an Escape solely for Sync 3. And, um, you know, I thought about it some more. Um, and it, it just it started to make less and less sense to base a, a purchasing decision like that on one feature, which, you know, kind of like you, I can't remember if you mentioned this on the show or if you just kind of mentioned it to me offline. It, it's sort of one of those things that's kind of meant just to be like in the background. And you really don't, actively engage with it all that often so i I don't want to take all the credit but uh, but i think i will yeah that i think that was exactly the point is that i i didn't think that you should make your decision solely on a feature that is supposed to be invisible to the user if you're paying attention to your car's infotainment system you're probably doing it wrong because you're either not paying attention while you're driving or you should probably just be using your phone because you're stopped and parked right and you should you should you should love what you drive, or at least like it. Yeah, I mean, and everything about the Ford Edge, you know, from the I, so I started, you know, researching new vehicles about a year ago, and the Ford Edge was my kind of early favorite in that process. You know, love the way it looks, both exterior and interior. Really like the size. I mean, everything about it was just exactly what I wanted, and you know, I I kind of started getting away from that. Well, at first, like I've mentioned on the show, at first I didn't think it was going to fit in my garage, but it, you know, it does. And then also, I really started gravitating towards the Escape when I found out it was going to have Sync 3. But, you know, after kind of rethinking that, um, yeah, I, I realized that making it, you know, again, making a decision around just Sync 3 really wasn't, wasn't the right idea. So I uh, went into the dealership this weekend and uh, test drove an Edge and, you know, kind of instantly was like, yeah, you know, this this is the right car. Um, and, you know, the thing which is relevant to this show, because, um, you know, we, we do occasionally talk about technology here 
in, in between the, you know, pizza talk. Um, I, my four touch, which, which is the current version of, of sync, you know, kind of prior to sync three. I mean, I, granted, I've, I've only had this car for like four days. So you know, we'll, we'll see in a month or two where I'm at, but at, during my test drive and, you know, the first few days I've had it, my Ford Touch actually seems okay. Like, it, certainly the, the complaints that people have had about it are true. Like, it, it's not it's not super responsive. Um, it, it sometimes does take a tap or two to get something to, to recognize. So, quick question. Is it entirely touch-based, or does it have a controller? No. So, here's, here's what's great, is that... And I, I had no... I did not think this was the case until I actually test drove one i don't know if this is specific to the edge because i feel like the escape wasn't this way but at least with with the edge that i have virtually everything which is on the touch screen and, and everything is there everything from music control to ac everything is in that touch screen but virtually everything which is on the touch screen also has a corresponding physical button below the touch screen um so you so you can do either way um which is which is really nice and not and not something that i knew again prior to kind of you know to actually test driving one because i think you've mentioned that you with your bmw or is it does your car your car is mostly touchscreen right no no it's not touchscreen at all it's completely uh controller based because touchscreens are unsafe right well so mine is also voice activated too so i can like turn on the the air conditioner with a voice command, that kind of stuff. You can attempt to, I assume. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and there's also uh, steering wheel controls too. So the, the the thing I actually really like about the Edge is that it has the the touch screen, but it also has two screens on either side of the speedometer on the main dash, and those can be controlled with um, uh, buttons on the steering wheel. So what do those show you? Lots of different things. So the, the the left one is mostly for like information about the vehicle. So it's like fuel economy, tire pressure, you know, things like uh, things like that. And then the the right hand side is um, I think the three options are phone, entertainment, or navigation. Oh, cool! So if if you're using the navigation system, it'll show you like the next turn, like right next to the speedometer. Right. That's yeah. pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think like, you know, again, my, I guess my main reservation was being kind of irritated with this, this current version of sync, but I mean, so far, and it is early days, you know, I, I think I choked with you via text that, you know, this first episode might be kind of funny to like, listen to a few months from now and be like, oh, geez, how did I ever think this was a good system? Um, but, but at least for now, I... I think it works really well. Like it's 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 way better than the version of Sync I had in the Fiesta. Um, well, but you had like no version of Sync in the Fiesta. Well, it, like it, it just, was it was basically Bluetooth and it, was yeah, it. it was just it was it was busted. I mean, you know, the 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 simple example that I I'm sure I've brought up before is there was no way through the the UI to select having a USB device be the input device for music. You had to do that through your voice and the command to do that was very unreliable. So like sometimes I would just have to turn off sync, turn it back on and then it would, you know, would work. Whereas now with my Ford Touch, 
you simply just click on USB and it just, you know, it, it brings up, you know, your music. And it's also little things like no matter what kind of music player you're using, whether it's the, you know, built-in iOS app, Spotify, Pandora, um, or even like um, Instacast, um, it actually shows album art, everything. So, you know, it, it, it works. It works pretty well. Cool. And I, and I'm, I'm, you might've already said this, but is it, uh, generally, are you able to do this over USB or is this all over Bluetooth? This is all over USB. You can do it via Bluetooth as well, but I, I, I have it, uh, over USB. Do you lose functionality if you do it over Bluetooth? Uh, no, I don't think, I don't think so. No. Hmm. The, the, so the, the way sync works is even if you're doing audio through USB, it still does all the phone stuff through Bluetooth. Well, of course. Um, and the one thing I guess I don't have, I, I don't have Siri integration. I actually haven't tried using Siri um, with this car. With my Fiesta, whenever you would try to use Siri, it would, like, the sync would just kind of freak out. Like, it, it would think that the phone was, like, trying to call itself. Well, of course. It's the worst. Um, so I haven't tried using that yet. So we'll, we'll see what that's like, but... Um, I mean, I guess, I guess the other thing that I kind of like about the setup that I have too, which I guess would have been the same with Sync 3 as well, but um, I, I kind of like being able to put my phone somewhere and, and just do everything from the the actual, you know, screen in the car. Like, I, I, ne- I never really did like doing some things using, you know, the car's controls and then other things using my phone's controls like i kind of like doing everything just in one place um and i again i i i don't know how the siri stuff's going to work i'm i'm guessing it's not going to but you know i i do like being able just to like literally just kind of tuck my phone away somewhere because my car's got like you know navigation and stuff too um i i, I kind of like just doing everything in that make again that kind of that one spot cool all right. Well, I'm glad you chose well, and that you uh, you're so far happy with your um, your fancy choice. Yeah, and and also, yeah, I should give you some credit for this as well. Um, True Car. This could be kind of my my pick of the week if we're still doing those. I can't take credit for what Sandwich does. <laughs> uh, yeah, for for people who don't know what this is, TrueCar.com. It's a a site where it, I guess it somehow aggregates car buying data like is that is that public information well so so what's going to happen is in i think like six weeks they'll email you a survey asking you what you actually paid for it and that's how they're able to get that data i see okay got it um so i you know in the weeks leading up to this i i spent some time on true car you know spec'd out some different models kind of figured out sort of what the right price to pay was and you know literally at the dealership you know they they you know, they let me, they let me actually just test drive you without the guy in the car. They said, you know, Hey, go, you know, go take this thing out and just kind of drive around a little bit. And I, you know, this, this was after they had, you know, given me what they had kind of said was their final offer. And, uh, you know, I, I pulled up, I, I went and parked somewhere, pulled up true car on my phone. And, you know, sure enough, the price they were offering was exactly, or within like a few hundred dollars, what true car was. And, you know, that that's kind of how I knew, like, okay, yeah, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting a fair price, um, and that, that's that's nice. That's that's a good, it's a good feeling. Very cool. And I've never asked what what makes you a Ford person, or you seem to have some brand loyalty there. 
Uh, yeah, no, no particular reason. Um, I mean, my my dad had um, a Ford Explorer growing up, but um, it wasn't like that car, like you know, meant something or anything to the family. Really, it just it just was the ca- a car. So I don't know. Uh, I I liked the I liked the look of the Escape, which was you know the first car that I bought. Um, and you know, I guess I've had I've had good experiences with service and everything. And but yeah, I guess no no particular reason. Cool. All right. But yeah, very, very, very happy with the Edge. I think it's a, it's a very, very nice vehicle. And I, 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 you know, I got one which is, you know, you know how the, the common advice when you buy a computer is, you know, hey, kind of get the, get the most tricked out one you can get and just kind of keep it forever. That's kind of the, I think that's kind of the philosophy I've taken with, with this car as well. Well, so what are the some of the perks or what are the niceties other than navigation and kind of like the infotainment stuff? What, what impresses you about it? So it's got, you know, leather seats, of course, it's, um, all-wheel drive. Um, it's got the Ford EcoBoost engine thing. I don't actually don't know exactly what that is. Um, it's got a bunch of other, like, safety features. So it's got um, things like uh, front and rear camera. And then with the front camera, it's like a 180-degree camera. Um, it's got lane departure warnings where if you drift out of your lane, it'll actually, like, beep at you and vibrate the steering wheel um it's got an auto park function where if you're driving along a street and you want a parallel park you can press a button and it'll start looking to see if it can fit in available spaces and if it can it'll alert you and then park the car for you um that's neat do you think you'll use that or probably not no i mean i have a garage so sure um it's it's got um adaptive cruise control where when you set cruise control it's it it you know it'll set your speed but it'll also detect the car in front of you so if the car in front of you starts to slow down a little bit it'll slow down to kind of match that speed um so you know things like that um make it i think somewhat kind of future proof cool yeah very nice and lastly uh what color uh, it's called magnetic. It's a um, kind of metallic, as the name implies, uh, gray color. And then, of course, St- straight uh, off the marketing material, right? Um, and then uh, black black leather interior. Very nice. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, and the, oh, sorry, last most important question: uh, What's his or her name? It, it, it a car like that sounds like it deserves a name. It does, yeah, I know it does. Um, it does not have one yet. Okay. Yeah. I um. You have until uh, we'll, next week. Yeah, no, we'll be. I'll be taking it on a um a drive this weekend for the for the Fourth of July, um, and maybe maybe I will solicit some uh, name, um, options, or suggestions. Sure. Can you name an SUV Buble? I mean, it's America. I think you you can. Isn't he Canadian? Is he? Probably. <laughs> that sounds weird. Hold uh, on. Oh, wait, I can't be wrong about this. Hold on. Let's see. He probably is. I don't. Born I'm not in sure. Born in Burnaby, British Columbia, Canada. Okay. I knew I wasn't making that up. Okay. <laughs> um. I mean, you know, I, I think in some ways I'm a little nervous to name it because i don't feel like i could possibly come up with a name as good as your car's you know name his name's george that's not a very uh unique name 
Well, but but it's the reasoning behind it. You can find something else for that. You can call him uh, what, Roger. Well, that's pretty good. I'm, I'm fantastic about naming things. So I'm very cocky tonight. <laughs> I mean, is that is that different from any other week? No, I think I err on the side of excessive, uh, excessive uh, humility and uh, self-doubt. Anyway, that's getting a little deep. Yeah. So, associated acts with Michael Bublé, Nelly Furtado, uh, and that's the only one I recognize. What are you? What are you looking at? Wikipedia for Michael Bublé. <laughs> the source of all all things true. They they should run with that. Why doesn't Google just buy Wikipedia? Do they? Would they need to? No, I mean, like you know how Wikipedia does those, uh, like. Uh, Bi, which which is the one where it's it's twice a year, biannually, or is that every two years? <laughs> I never remember it. Um, See, you don't know either, so that's good. Well, so I know like biweekly is every other week. Okay, so biannually means every every six months. <sighs> I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, so I'm I'm an accountant, not a uh, not a wordsmith. <laughs> I don't think that's the word. <laughs> um, probably not um you know wikipedia does those um every six months they do uh kind of the uh wikipedia is about to die give us five dollars thing is that is that how they they phrase it well you know what i mean that's a great way of describing it i uh, know i i do yeah so why doesn't mike why doesn't google just give them like 10 million dollars a year why why doesn't why doesn't Apple just pay artists for the first you know three months? Well, they of... did, but you've you, you, uh, do you still have your Nexus Seven, or do you use Google Search much? Uh, so the answer to your first question is no. Okay, and the answer to your second question is yes. Well, like I don't know if you use Google Voice Search much, but if you ever ask it a question and it there's a Wikipedia article and it thinks it can draw the answer to your question from Wikipedia, it does. So almost all of Google's voice search results are based on Wikipedia. So it makes it seem like Wikipedia is a, like an important asset to Google. So I don't understand why they wouldn't give just a no-strings-attached like $10 million annual donation. Well, because apparently Google can get what it wants for free. But still, just why not? Like how good of a PR move would that? Like that, that's incalculable levels of like goodwill you'd engender from people. Of just saying, you know what, Google, they don't want ads. They they just wanna they wanna do something nice for Wikipedia and the free uh access of information. What a great company. I don't even care that they're scraping my email and my photos. Access of information. Hmm. Yeah. Access to, or you know what I mean. No, I I like access of information. Yeah. Anyway, I, like I just I've never understood that. Like they don't need to get anything from it, but just make it a charitable donation every year. You know, it's this is a complete tangent, but I'm I'm still kind of hung to up jo- on the fact the that <laughs> this this has been a weird episode. Kind of a weird episode, yeah. This this dog on Instagram, Leroy, Leroy has has seventy eight and a half thousand followers. Of course he does, because he's fucking adorable. How like how is that? How is that possible? Um, he's the best. Seventy-eight thousand people. Yeah, and if I could, if I could follow him twice, I would. <laughs> like, dude, he's just the best. Like, look, look at these pictures. He's he's fine. He's the cutest. Uh, 
I mean, he's the cutest. Also, kind of. so hold on. If <laughs> just to make sure the show's completely unlistenable, um, if you ever decide to join Instagram, there are a few dogs that you have to follow. You have to do Chad the Corgi. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, Leroy's pretty great. But yeah, no, Chad the Corgi's the best. Um, and you knew uh, last weekend there was CorgiCon, right? I I saw this on SF Gate, yeah. Did did you attend this? I did not. I, I, it, it's, it's been a busy month. So no, I was unable to, and it's really a, a huge bummer. But hold on. Here, uh, let me send you a link. Here was, um, here was Chad the Corgi at uh, the Northern California Corgi Con. Look at him. He's he's pretty gosh darn adorable. Um, oh, that, should like let's let's go through. Can we can we go through these um, uh, these hashtags? <laughs> sure. So that so this is um, Sir Chad Fluffington on Instagram. So excited to be at hashtag NorCal CorgiCon. So happy you can't see my eyes. Well, because he's squinting S- in the sun. Smiley face. Hashtag Corgi. Hashtag Corgis, you know, get you got to get the singular and the plural in there. Um, hashtag Corgi Nation, hashtag Corgi Instagram, <laughs> hashtag Love, and hashtag CorgiCon. Of course, huh? Anyway, so follow him, <laughs> and uh, uh, Chelsea the Terrier is also pretty awesome. So you just you just gotta get on this. Let me let me send you one good one. I'm sorry, I'm I'm busy looking at pictures of Corgi Con. Oh, the Corgi race was so good. There was one that just took it by a mile. Yeah, this is pretty good. Seriously, are you are, are you gonna get a Corgi? I hope so. If if you were oh I see, I see the pictures of the race now. That's 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 great. If if you were to get a dog, would would, would a Corgi be your first choice? Mm-hmm. And his name would be Elliot. Well, the guy I bought my car from this weekend was named Elliot. Okay. <laughs> that's super personal. I, I don't know if that's relevant. But... <laughs> what if he emails you and says, oh, yeah, how, how, here's your one-month follow-up. Oh, also, I heard about you on my podcast. I mean, that's that's very likely that's going to happen. Again, we the show has reach. Uh-huh. Anyway, so I think this is a preponderance of evidence to, to get you to join Instagram because these dogs are so damn cute. Hmm. So again, it's just another thing to to take a look at, like Twitter. You don't have to you don't have to engage in it, but I mean, it is fun to share with people because nobody uses Facebook anymore. I'm currently looking at a corgi at CorgiCon dressed in a Woody outfit. Mm. Oh, also, you have to follow uh, Winston the corgi. Hold on. So there, there's there's <laughs> there's more than one corgi to follow. Oh, there's tons. Um, hold on, Winston the corgi Instagram because he's an albino corgi. Hmm. Uh, this would be great for the listener. Now we 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 edit all this. No, no, this this stays in because this is this is useful stuff. There you go. Huh. Winston the white corgi. Interesting. He's dressed. He's dressed as Wonder Bread for for Halloween. Come on. That's pretty good. And he has 82,000 followers. Jeez. And this show probably has like four. Uh, sorry, I almost got uh, excited. Sorry for like 10 listeners. I almost said I almost said 40. What, what has happened to this show? 
this is the like you can you can cut out all that Apple Music stuff. <laughs> this is the important part. I mean, I just I I don't I can't even tell you what we've talked about. Uh, are you able to listen to music right now? Uh, Apple Music? No, just any music and headphones right now. Well, I'm, I'm listening to you. Okay, well, play, play this video. So d- Instagram does video too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Actually, this this might be coming. You actually might be able to hear this. Are we gonna? Is this gonna be some like DMCA violation? Should I pause this? Uh, I I don't think uh, Taylor Swift thirteen is very litigious. This is this is Winston the White Corgi with some other dog just kind of playing with with uh, Taylor Swift in the background. Yeah, basically. All right, let's 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 bring this back on track. Okay. Is this what is this what if I join Instagram? Is this what um, I'll be looking at? No, you can choose to follow whoever you want. But I'm just giving you recommendations. So basically, it's been John Gruber and a whole ton of dogs. Okay. Okay. All right. Back to uh, technology. Sure. Seriousness. Um, the the iPhone's eight years old uh, as of like two days ago. Yeah. So I um. So that, yeah. So some articles came out around this to kind of commemorate the occasion, and I I can very distinctly remember. Um, so I was working at. Uh, Best Buy, because this was like summer between freshman and sophomore year of college for us, and uh, I remember, you know, was working, and then um, I came home and kind of set aside the evening just to kind of read reviews, watch videos of of the iPhone launch, and it's just it's it's so funny now with the articles that have come out with the pictures and everything that they have, just how far we've come like i remember thinking at the time just what an absolute you know technical achievement the iphone was and just it it seemed like something straight out of the future and now when we look at these pictures of the original iphone i mean this looks like something from like 1975 no it doesn't except for the youtube tv icon no it doesn't well and, and the sms text icon a little bit <laughs> Amazingly, the maps icon has remained largely the same, as as has the camera icon and clock and settings actually and notes. All all the other icons on here are exactly the same. Well, they're not though, because that was iOS one, or sorry, that was iPhone OS one, right? Before before it, before it converged with uh, iPad and iPad three or iPhone three. Lar- largely the same icons, not exactly the same, but uh, they they looked better back then. I don't know about that. I, I still don't love the iOS 7 aesthetic, but hmm. anyway. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I think... <sighs> I, I mean to, to say that we need to do a show about the about the future of technology sometime. But really, do you think you could have predicted that things would have been so different chiefly because of that one device that long ago? No, n- not not that, but I I do remember watching the iPhone keynote like in my dorm room and thinking at the time like, you know, wow, this this is like this is something really different. Um so I mean, I guess in that sense like I I recognized it as something that was going to, you know, change things, but I mean, I I couldn't have predicted the way that it has. No. Yeah. I mean, again, it's not it's not my favorite company, but when you think about like even when the uh, App Store came out uh, two years later or one year later, one year later. 
So one year later, just all the applications that came out, the entire industries that are destroying other entire industries like Uber are all started solely. I think if, if the iPhone hadn't happened, uh, Uber would not have happened. Is that correct? Would you say that's fair? I mean, totally. I mean, I, I would say that I, I even, you know, I work for a company which, you know, without the iPhone would, would probably not, you know, be what it is today. I mean, just all those things, like, it, it's just crazy to think what the first good phone that puts the power of the internet in people's hands had the ability to do. And I think that's just remarkable. And I think it did a lot of good things. And I'm, and I'm glad Google got in the race and made Android, or sorry, acquired Android from danger and made it into the iPhone knockoff that it is so that that kept Apple on its toes to continue to innovate. I think over the, this has been uh, just a ridiculous and amazing uh, past eight years. Yeah, and I, I think what makes me really excited is to look back at the original iPhone and see how far we've come, you know, just in eight short years and to think like eight years from now, like what's the iPhone going to look like? Terrifying. Like that, that's, the, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a pretty exciting thought, I think. And I guess I would ask, do you think the original like if you if you use the iphone one for context do you think that's what the apple watch is and you do you think it's gonna kind of mature at the same rate or do you think it's gonna be different no i think it's gonna be more like the ipad what do you mean in the sense that it's not something that people upgrade like every two years no no, i mean i mean the the product maturity like do you think it's gonna like are is apple gonna iterate and will it gain features and usefulness at the same rate, not not how soon will pe- or how frequently people will upgrade it, but how much better do you think it'll get? Oh, I think it'll get a lot better. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, th- I think the, you know, even though the iPad hasn't necessarily followed the same adoption rate as the iPhone, I, I think they've they've iterated on that in a similar way. Where I think if you look at the original iPad and compare that to like an iPad Air two, it's you know kind of night and day. I think the Apple Watch would be the same way. I think when you look at an Apple Watch 5 to what we're wearing today, it's it's going to be a pretty big difference. Yeah. Although I don't think they'll call it the Apple Watch 5. I think they'll call it the uh, Apple Watch 2022 uh, collection. I, I think you're thinking of edition. No, you, you can't call it that. Well, actually, is, sorry, is the Apple Watch, with the, uh, with the Apple Watch 2, do you think the edition sticks around? No. Okay. Do you think anybody actually has one who's not kind of a bad person? <laughs> I, I could think of a better way to say that, but but fair question. I, I don't I don't know anyone who owns one, so I, I can't speak to whether they're good or bad people. Okay, that's fair. That's very diplomatic of you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Uh, so, all right. We're we're making good time now. Um, I mean, the only other topic that you've mentioned, which we briefly hit on last week was uh the idea of buying a new camera oh okay you want to go there okay i mean sure we can close we can close out with that all right so we're not gonna talk about uber at all i would prefer not to okay (laughs) i I just i just want to suggest that perhaps uh required reading for uh, some folks is that bloomberg had a an article where a term sheet for a bond sale that uber was doing uh gave some insights into potentially how profitable or unprofitable the company is um, it leads towards um, being not profitable due to um, certain pricing models and and investments. Anyway, well, and, I, and I've and I've shared with you that financial information from a non-public company is, in many ways, worthless. 
do you think you'd find anybody who honestly believes they're a wildly profitable company under any circumstance? I on, honestly, all bias aside, I have no idea. None. Because I, I, I don't, I don't even pretend to know the economics of running that type of business. And we'll, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. The, the, list, the listeners took a collective sigh of relief. Sure. So cameras. Yes. Did you do any research or have you uh, fleshed out or have you kind of just thought more about your whole situation? I've, I've thought more about it. And the more I think about it, the less I think I'm going to buy one. So what was your use case or your what were you envisioning? So, so I'm going on um, some trips at the end of the summer, which I mentioned last week. And it just it feels weird to go on a trip where having your iPhone be your your only camera. Like it feels weird having that be the answer. Does that make sense? A little bit. Like I, I think I'm becoming far more open to that um, idea of a lot of times where even though I do have the smaller camera now, I'm usually willing just to avoid having to carry something else. And also like camera phones are, are way easier. I don't know. People, people just get less weird about around camera phones. Whereas it feels like much more of a to do when you have um, just any, t- even if it's just a point and shoot camera, it's a different experience. Yeah. And I just, you know, all of the benefits of having a standalone camera, like, you know, being able to shoot in raw and then edit in Lightroom, that kind of stuff. Like, I, I just, I never do that ever. Like, the only times I ever really like use or share photos is like via text message and things like that. And you know, the the phone is actually better for that because if you you know take the the photo with your phone, it, it's already right there and you know easily shareable. But again, so so is it if you get a modern camera that supports Wi-Fi sync? True. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, so I mean, I I guess I can't uh, overstate the picture quality disparity that still exists, no matter how good the iPhone camera is. You do, like just the lens cannot compete with what even a mediocre uh, DSLR or like um, interchangeable lens camera can do. But yeah, it's really just seeing whether or not it's worth the um, the expense and the uh, just having to carry around another thing. Well, I mean, so that's you know that that's obviously what draws me to getting another camera is the fact that yeah, as good as the iPhone camera's gotten, it, it still can't compare to yeah standalone camera. Um, but you know, at the same time, I just you know, I I I can't. I can't, at least off the bat, justify you know the expense of getting a, a nice standalone camera. Um, but remind me again, well, what what camera do you have? You have a Sony something. Uh, the Sony A six thousand. A six thousand. So if I look at, I'm looking on Amazon here. So it looks like six ninety eight with a sixteen by fifty lens. Or the body only looks like it's like five forty eight. Mm hmm. That's you know that's a that's a sizable investment. Again, with a man with a new car, uh, no expense is too small. What are you going to use to take pictures of your fancy new car? Come on. Well, so so far I've just used my iPhone. So anyway, I mean, looking on Amazon, three hundred eighty-two reviews, four and a half stars. 
it's it's a pretty good camera, and it's probably I, I think I would discourage you from ever getting another DSLR because I think that's just far too much work. Yeah, but I don't know. It's up to you, but it is tricky. I I, I completely suffer from the same um, like even even just dumping things into Lightroom sometimes feels like a chore, and most photos that I take, unless it's something I really really want to post probably never gets looked at i mean yeah i mean i i think about how i because you know i haven't had a dslr in seven months now and you know i think about how i like look at and interact with photos it, it's just it's always on my phone or always you know through social media so i don't really know what advantage i would get with having a standalone camera because even with the higher resolution photos it's taking and just the overall better quality of those photos, it doesn't really matter when you're using it just, again, on your phone and on the internet. Yeah, I'm not sure it does, but I, I don't know. For me, for, like, the events I do use it for, the pictures, feel, like, I don't know, I it I get a lot more from the pictures that I take, and I think they tell more of, like, a story about what we did. I don't know. It's 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 tricky. I think it definitely still has a place, and it's why I don't think I would ever go cameraless entirely. Yeah, I I think I think there's there's still a a time and a place for it. Like I think you know if I'm you know at a point where I want a family and have kids, like there I think I would want to have a, an actual you know camera because I feel like those those types of moments and memories you you do want to capture the best way possible. But like if if you and your lady friend were were going out somewhere. And doing something like nice or going on a vacation, like you don't think you'd ever want that, or you think you'd you'd be completely happy relying phone only. Like I enjoy having some really nice photos that I could print, in the sense like the like iPhone photos generally do not look terribly good, just because they have this like really flat and sometimes lifeless appearance. Just because that's the best you can get out of a sensor like the quality of an iPhone. Whereas if you're if you're at a nice place, if like you know your your fancy winery that you have a new um club membership at if you want to take some nice photos like it's it's just completely different on on a full camera than it is on an iphone hmm. if you're having like a nice leisurely weekend trip it's very nice to uh have a real camera but i understand the struggle yeah yeah i don't know yeah well that, that was uh super helpful <laughs> clear as mud as they say uh-huh as, as you said 